All right. Off the Grid is back for season two. I am your host, Kaylee, but this season we've got a little bit of a different, well, we've got a different setup this year. And please introduce yourself. I'm Taylor. I'm Kaylee's <laughs> older sister. And Kaylee, you are pretty much the one that got me into F1. And so, you know, Formula One. Formula One got everyone in. Everyone gets hooked on Formula One, especially when you watch a Netflix series in quarantine and have nothing better to do with your life. And then the sport consumes you. But this season, Artie Bintu races. We're a little late to the game. I'm not going to lie. We're a bit late. So Just a tad late. We're, okay. we're two races down. But you know what? It gives us some interesting things to talk about, um, starting with the fact that Ferrari, of all teams, I don't think anyone really predicted that Ferrari would be as good as, or as strong as they were, actually, in preseason testing. And then Bahrain with a 1-2, they tried to basically turn Bahrain into what McLaren did to Monza. They took yeah. that and they're like, Eve. and I think, I think Ferrari being Ferrari, everyone thought that they'd eventually be back on top. But with the past couple of years, they've been pretty, pretty low and haven't been at this caliber. So I think it was just a shock to everyone for them, like having such a drastic change. I'm the fact that Ferrari is the only team to have a back-to-back podium this year like they consecutively have had podiums granted there's only been two races but the fact that Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz both got on the podium in both Bahrain and in Saudi I mean that's pretty remarkable to be honest though would Mercedes have a podium had the two Red Bulls not failed in Bahrain they probably wouldn't I don't think so (laughs) but you know Somehow Red Bull came back and they ended up winning in Saudi, which I don't think a lot of people are happy about, but it is what it is. Um, Although in the two weeks since the last race, a lot has happened in the Formula One world. And I think I think we need to talk about Vegas because a lot of Europeans a lot of European fans are like, why does the U.S. get three races? And I think part of the reason is, is the country of the U.S. is so large and they just don't realize how big it actually is. Yeah. And even looking at it, like a lot of other countries have their one main city, which is typically where the F1 races are. Whereas when you look at the U.S., we have multiple cities that are on the same caliber of those cities that other F1 races are in across the globe. So uh, it, yes, it can be seen as a little unfair for the U.S. to have three Grand Prix races. Um, but there has also been talk of uh, possibly extending the season two and having more than 21 races. So uh, whether there's whether that's actually going to happen or not, you don't you never know but like that gives the opportunity for more countries to have races consecutively year after year well so obviously with them adding vegas which i think it's going to be cool the u.s getting a night race especially vegas 
not going to lie, Vegas is a little bit, it's not like a dying city in the U.S., but it's definitely in the younger crowd. People don't want to go to Vegas. Yeah. The younger crowd does not want to go to Vegas. When we turn 20, like in the U.S., when we turn 21, we don't say like, let's go to Vegas and gamble and drink and stuff. We don't do that. Like a lot of us are like, let's go to Nashville. Let's go to Chicago. Let's go to New York. Like we don't say let's go to Vegas. That's very like back in like the 80s, 90s, like Vegas was the place to be. But like now it's just kind of like, no, we just don't want to go in the desert that literally is 100 degrees, no matter what time of year it is. And then like, we can only go out at night. And then it's still like 70 degrees at night. So it's just kind of like, there's no win-win in Vegas when, which I think Formula One going to Vegas, I think it's going to be a cool race because of the strip is going to be all lit up. I think it is too. I think it's going to be so pretty one because all of the lights and everything, they're not going to have to like add extra lighting around the track. Like the strip lights itself up, um, which I think is going to be so cool to see that. But at the same time, I think the whole thing with Vegas, how you brought up that it's not necessarily a dying city, but it's just not something that people use any like want to go to anymore is because you could go to any city really and still find gambling and then there's like sports betting nowadays and a lot of the younger crowd are more into sports betting than actually going to a casino and gambling or like that nightlife yeah I know Vegas Vegas is over the past couple of years has really tried to build itself up they added a hockey team down there which if you are from the U.S. or Canada you know hockey is a bit bigger here than in a lot of other parts of the world and then they just added a football team which let's be honest if there is one sport that Americans love it's football but Formula One has actually this the uh, race last year in Abu Dhabi had more viewers than the Super Bowl which when you think about it that's pretty crazy like more U.S. viewers watched the Grand Prix in Abu Dhabi than they did the Super Bowl, which the Super Bowl, it's a lot of people watch it just for the commercials. We don't care about the teams in it, to be honest, especially when your team sucks, which let's be honest, there's only like six good teams in the NFL. And I too did just for the halftime show. That's all. That's all I I watched of the Super Bowl. (laughs) So Formula One coming in and choosing Vegas well, one, they chose Miami first. They cho- This is the first year that we're going to see a Grand Prix in Miami. And I don't know how I feel about it yet because it's outside of Hard Rock Stadium, which is where the Miami Dolphins play. So I don't know what their thing was here of saying, like, all right, maybe if we, like, do it outside of a football stadium, more Americans will come. Like, I don't get it. But I would have loved to see them pick Indianapolis instead because like granite we're up north and here in the midwest like that's where we are so the closest race for us is montreal and then you have the east coast miami coming in with one you've got down south in texas and austin which that circuit is just absolutely incredible and then you have vegas coming in now next season which vegas a lot of people are a little iffy about because of the race that it could potentially take over. So the two circuits that 
are having a little contract dispute right now because their contracts are either ending this year or they want to be renewed. One of them is the Paul Richard. Um, no, is it? I think it's Paul Richard. I don't know. The, the French one, <laughs> the one in France. Um, so the French Grand Prix and then the Belgium Grand Prix. So in Spa, which a lot of Formula One fans would much rather watch uh, Spa than they would the French Grand Prix. Because let's be honest, that circuit is just not, it's not a good circuit. It's so boring. It's, you know, I'm sure it's great for Pierre and Esteban, but let's be, let's be real. No one really goes there and is like, let's go to the French Grand Prix. No, you want to go to one that's a little bit, a little bit better. So people choose Monaco, which is close. People choose Spain. They choose Portugal if they can. They choose Belgium. They don't, no one wants to go to the French Grand Prix unless you live in front in France or you're like, oh yeah, there's a Grand Prix this weekend. Let's just go to that one. Yeah, I, uh, obviously you've uh, been watching the sports a lot longer than I have, but I think out of my favorite, like, tracks so far from the ones that I've seen definitely Monaco is one of my favorites because just there's not a lot of spots for like overtaking and really qualifying is everything in Monaco Um, where you qualify is pretty much where you're gonna end um, unless you have miraculous moves like Daniel Ricardo, um, or unless you're Valtteri Bottas uh, oh, last yeah. year, world's <laughs> yeah. longest pit stop. Yeah, um, but then like it's the main one. So like Monaco, Spa, Silverstone. Like you don't hear much about the French Grand Prix and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think it would make sense to give a newer race. A, tr- a try and see if you get more traction on that one um obviously that would be unfortunate for the well, city that it used to be in but i i think a lot of if european more fans, fans a, a lot of european fans are upset at the amount of i get they're saying that it's going to be americanized and while that might be true and like americans tend to seek out a little bit more drama in the sports like as an American, like ever since Drive to Survive came out, a lot of Americans who watch just go surfing through Netflix, they just, they found it, they love it. And it's growing because let's be real, Formula One never, we never talked about it, right? If you talk about motorsport in the US, people automatically assume NASCAR. And NASCAR is not everything that people make it out to be. Like NASCAR is not big everywhere in the U.S. Like NASCAR is pretty much only big in the South. And when I say the South, I mean the Carolinas, Alabama, Mississippi, like Georgia, really nowhere else has like a bigger following than those places. Well, and even so it's funny you bring up NASCAR because so NASCAR isn't the only racing that we have in the U.S., um, which is 
I, the only reason I know this is from my job. Um, we have a speedway out here in Iowa. And uh, when I first started, it was all NASCAR races. That's all we did. But now NASCAR doesn't race there anymore. It's the ARCA car and the IndyCar races. So those are two smaller ones that I don't think people even know unless you're big into racing. And so uh, Formula One is just a little bit bigger overall that I think... Uh, it'll be more nationalized as a group. I will say that if we have any listeners who are like, oh, I'm so bummed. I I didn't get a ticket to the, you know, the Miami GP or the Austin GP. Like I will say IndyCar is a great alternative. If, especially if you're looking to meet formula one drivers and stuff, because a lot of formula one drivers, when their contract ends, in Formula One and they don't get re-signed, a lot of them end up in IndyCar because they're so similar. Obviously not the same because like obviously right. IndyCar is not the pinnacle of, of motor racing and they do have to stop and fuel for, for gas. But whereas like Formula One, they travel around the world and IndyCar is more the US. But one ticket, like a general admission ticket, you can walk through the paddock. Like if you went, I know this from experience from buying the u.s grand prix ticket like you don't get that in the packages that formula one offers like formula one offers like yeah if you pay us twenty thousand dollars we'll let you walk through the the paddock and meet the drivers and stuff but you can pay for a general admission full weekend ticket and get that same experience just with indycar drivers i'm not taking anything away from formula one but if you're looking to save money and meet some former Formula One drivers like Roman Grosjean is is in IndyCar. Um, there's a couple other ones that used to race way back in the day, back when Kimi was a little bit younger and and Alonso was a little bit younger and Seb was practically brand new to the sport. Like back in those days of Formula One, like back with the the V10s. But uh, other than that, like Formula One is growing in the U.S. and unfortunately. For the Europeans, if you don't start attending your own Grand Prix, like there's going to be more Grand Prix in the U.S. because, as we all know, cash is king in Formula One. Well, and another thing is uh, all those races over in Europe and everything, the time zones don't really change very much for them. So, like, their race times are pretty much standard in the morning or like lunchtime they're, yeah they're like two o'clock oh, in the yeah. afternoon almost every yeah every weekend whereas for us over here in the u.s no matter where we are east coast midwest west coast we have those odd times like we're waking like, up at 3 a.m if we want to watch a practice like right, i like, wake up on a weekend on a sunday before i go to work if i want to catch a race i like the race will start at you know anywhere from seven to nine Except and, for this weekend. Except for this weekend when it starts <laughs> at midnight. And I'm contemplating, do I really, should I stay up till midnight? I'm going to stay up. I'm going to stay up. And I don't care about my Monday. I'll wake up and go to go to work on Monday and just be absolutely tired. I don't care. For Formula One, I'll do anything. Well, almost anything. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so that is also, I feel like that's another reason why they... Uh, could have brought in that third Grand Prix 
with Vegas because if they want more American followers, so it truly is all around the world, they're going to have, we're going to need races where we aren't waking up at two o'clock in the morning to watch the race. That's where why we're I... going to be able to say, Hey, race is at two o'clock in the afternoon for us this week. That's why I love Austin, the Mexican GP and the Brazilian Grand Prix, because I wake up and it's like, all right, I, it kind of sucks though. Cause I'm like, all right, what, what am I going to do with my whole morning? I'm like, it, the race doesn't start till one. It doesn't start till two. Like, what do I do with my life? But I mean, other than that, like I will say Formula One does a little bit need to step up how they treat the, they got to give the fans what they want. And right now, a lot of American fans want more American races and more access to it. Although they also want better merch. So let's go, let's do a deep dive into the merch. So Aston Martin, Aston Martin finally listened to fans and the fans wanted a bucket hat. So Aston Martin gave him a bucket hat. Let's be real. Bucket hats are coming back, especially in the younger generation. The older generations, like, why are these kids wearing bucket hats? I don't know. It's a fashion statement. All right. Don't come back. The at same us. thing's happening with fanny packs. Fanny packs are making a comeback too. Get your fanny but, pack with your bucket hat. You're set. I will say, as a McLaren fan, I prefer last year's merch and just the style and the layout versus like this year's merch. I just think that the numbering is like a weird shape. It's like too thin for me. So I'm, I've been like staying away until they really like drop their signature stuff. Although the Australian Grand Prix, they gave Daniel the, like a purple hat, purple shirt. It was, it's nice. I personally don't want to pay the price, but I mean, whatever, if you like it, go for it, buy it. It's not my money. It's yours. But, um, well, and I think also you have to look at it as like, obviously the bigger teams uh, that do a little bit more marketing have, are the teams that have the better merch. Whereas like Ferrari, I'm a Haas Haas fan uh, and I, it's, it's a struggle to find some good Haas merch, Kaylee. It really is. (laughs) Not even that. I've watched the Haas website their store is like it still says that their store is coming soon what do you mean coming soon like do you need to never more like it just take off number nine for Nikita Mazepin and just slap 20 on all the merch like Jesus Christ we all want Mick Schumacher and Kevin Magnuson merch yes I need a k shirt Kaylee I need it but I will say out of all the teams George Russell's Mercedes merch just dropped. This is the this is what I was telling you about before we before we got on. How this is the surprise. You are I guarantee that you're thinking, "Oh right, this is going to be sick." It's not. It's not. <laughs> Look at this. What is that? I asked the same question. I was like, "What is this splatter painted like what is the design? Who came up with it? It looks like a 12-year-old did it. And if a 12-year-old did do it, I'm sorry. But the graphic design team over at Mercedes, give us something that we want. Like, I swear, these Formula One like graphic designers, they're just like, let's just slap some stuff on there. They're going to buy it for the name and the number. Not when you give us that. Like, and that, that's not all of the, they have like the official team merch that's like a lot better, but I saw that and I was like, I cannot, I will not, I'm not a Mercedes fan, 
Like, I don't hate Mercedes, but I don't cheer for him. I'm a George Russell fan. I'm happy that George is finally in a car that he can be fighting for well, podiums. Because be he honest. deserves it. And then Mercedes underdeveloped and then Mercedes the car. Goes, yep. Yep. <laughs> like, and I will, the team that did the best development, honestly, it's Haas. I mean, granted, oh, they yes. sold, they took the money that Nikita Mazepin's dad, that daddy Mazepin fucking gave them. And then, like, I think that Haas was just so happy to get an excuse to get rid of Mazepin, but, like, they still got all the money to, like, develop their car. They were like, thank God we could get rid of him. Like, they they were just waiting. He he went on the internet, like, he went on social media, and he went and was saying that, like, the sanctions against Russia are, like, they shouldn't be there. And, like, it's horrible. Like, he just went off and everyone was like and he still thinks that he deserves a seat like you crashed in almost every single race like there was not a race weekend where he did not somehow end up in the wall like granted it was a Haas like last year's Haas was extremely hard to drive I'm sure but if Mick Schumacher can get into I think it was Q2 you can like make it one race weekend without crashing into something like it, this guy, he really, he shouldn't have been in Formula One, but, you know, yeah. he ended up there. Well, what what do you think about the new, uh, um, how everyone's like, oh, Latifi is the new Mazepin? I think it's funny, but we have to keep in mind that this was, this is the same old Latifi. Let's be honest. It's the same old guy. He, we just, Mazepin was there crashing every weekend, so we missed when Nicholas Latifi crashed every weekend, although this weekend he is two for two on crashes or the whole season. He's two for two. If he crashes in Australia, he's three for three. And I cannot, I, there's going to be so many memes. He is the new Mazepin. Can I I just say, if he crashes and if he crashes this weekend, no offense to him, because obviously like to be able to make it into a seat in formula one, you have to have some sort of talent, but if he crashes this weekend, he, I don't think he should keep his seat. Oh no. I like, there's no reason that he should still be in an F1 car. If he crashes the first three races in a row, I think Pierre should go to Williams. If Red Bull doesn't move him up. Cause let's be real. His contract's up this season. Yeah. At the end is of the season, I, yeah. So if Checo doesn't perform and P- Pierre gets moved up, then but it's where's, also where's of, Checo gonna go? Williams? Right, but it's also one of those things is like what does Red Bull consider not performing? Because right now, before obviously both cars not finishing in uh Bahrain, they were they had both cars in the top four for both races. They are currently 41 points behind Ferrari. So Ferrari has to have two really bad weekends, which with right. the amount of races left, that's very well possible. Exactly. For Red Bull to even catch up. That just goes to say two bad weekends for Ferrari and two good ones for Mercedes, they catch up too. So we could have there's still plenty of time to have a, a three-way um constructors battle. But it's just going to be interesting to see what team at the end of the season can actually come out on top. Well, can we just say it won't really be a three-team battle if George continues to finish fifth and Lewis continues to finish tenth. You know, I think that this is a humbling moment for Mercedes. Mercedes needs to take this 
And they need to say to themselves, first of all, they haven't done any upgrades to the car for Australia. So I don't know if the car is better or worse. I don't know. But this, like, Mercedes has been going for a long time, years, seasons, where they've been on top. They just need to be, every once in a while, you got you to gotta stay humble. You got to get put back in your place. And this is their season. I, I feel this is their season. And if they manage to come back and win, I'm, I might just have to, you know, tweet at Lewis Hamilton and say, you know what, props to you, bro. You may, you truly are the goat. Like you are better than Michael Schumacher. Like actually I could never say that. <laughs> Schumacher. I think, I think the hardest part for me is like, yes, obviously Mercedes did need to have that humbling moment and they, they are, they're having that humbling moment with Lewis, not even uh, making it out of Q1 and then finishing P10 when only 13 people actually finished the race. Um, but it's also kind of bittersweet because uh, then you have McLaren who was doing so well the past couple seasons and really you could see their improvement and now it's kind of like Mercedes kind you can kind of tell that they fucked something up with their uh, power unit yeah. power unit because McLaren is also struggling and so Williams for, is struggling for uh, the for the teams that have the Mercedes power units to be struggling that's unfortunate yeah. because Lando and Daniel deserve to be up battling with the Ferraris and after the Red last Bulls season, and after last season Lando I think got what was it four podiums Daniel got a, a win and it's like yeah Daniel Daniel came from Red Bull. He's taken his Red Bull driving style and it just doesn't work with the McLaren. Now it's really not working with the McLaren because they fucked up the McLaren so bad in the development process. But I think think that we need to look at the power unit that Ferrari built because we got to give credit where credit's due. I think they were just sick and tired of everyone saying that Ferrari's never going to win another championship or that they, they just aren't, that they're down. Like, no, they aren't. Yeah. No, they aren't. And That's like, they have Alfa Romeo and Haas both using their power units. And they both already teams did are doing better. amazing this year. Both teams are doing better than they did last year. Like if the season yeah. ended tomorrow, like Haas and Alfa Romeo would be like, well, shit, we did a lot better than we did last year. Yeah. But I mean, let's talk about the track changes in, in Australia. So they widened a couple of turns. They widened, one sec, let me pull it up. So they widened um, corners three, seven, the chicane going into like seven and six. They, the turn going into one and two, they widened a bit. And then they kind of did like this weird, um, they they like changed, they made like the corner entry Turn 10 13. is basically not even a turn anymore. It's, they took out the chicane. I love a good chicane. I, you, you know, do. I, I love a chicane. I, I think but there's so the many. Over, I do love the word, but there's just, <laughs> if you, if you play your cards, right, you can make an incredible move. You can, you can pass somebody there and it, it'll be one of the best overtakes of the season. Like that is like I, I miss, actually, I can't even say I missed the Australian Grand Prix because this is the first one that I've ever watched, but 
Um, and then they did some, they like made the straight going into third, like turn 13. They made it corner 13. They made it weird. They like widened it, straightened it out. I don't know, but like, that's what they did to it. So a little different. And then, you know, they added, there's four BRS zones, <laughs> which if there's anything we've learned between the battle of between Max and Charles, DRS zones are they just got, not They it. love a good DRS zone. DRS zones are just not it for whoever is in the lead. Like they, and, but they, it's funny because they like catfish each other almost. Cause like one is just sitting there waiting for the oh. other to overtake. And then they're like, no, I'm not falling for that. Which it's funny. Well, so but. that, that kind of brings in a question. So if those two are going to be battling around that, do we think that'll give uh, because obviously Carlos has been uh, a couple seconds behind. Uh, I wouldn't say a couple. The that's leader. like that's <laughs> a mile in Formula One. Like six seconds, right. you might as well be in the back of the pack. Right, right. So, do we think? I was just going off of the basis that if we have Max and Charles in one and two, whichever order it is, who's going to uh, be three? And then Carl, if you have Carlos in three. By those two, by the two leaders fighting over those DRS zones, do we think that's going to give Carlos a chance to kind of close that gap and be in that fight for one and two well, a little think, bit more this weekend? I think the real question is, who do we think the podium is going to be? I think very well the podium could be the same as as uh, last the last race, where it's in some random order, it's going to be Carlos, Charles, and Max. I think that that's going to be kind of copy and paste for the entire season. But what's my dream podium before you ask? What's my dream podium? Daniel. Just Daniel. <laughs> First, second, and third. Just all three. I, I think I would love Daniel to win his home Grand Prix more so because uh, he's never has, finished on the well, podium there. Exactly. And there has been talks about how he could potentially be retiring soon. And so for him to win the Australian Grand Prix, I feel like that would be a huge milestone for him to be to where it's not as bittersweet when he finally does leave. I think personally, I feel that Daniel Ricardo is going to have kind of quite a similar uh, career to like Nigel Mansell, like Nigel Mansell, like he was driving for a while before he finally got his world championship. Like, I think Daniel's going to have to wait a couple more years. He's definitely like when people say, oh yeah, he's won, I think eight races, um, throughout his career. It's like, yeah. And then you compare it to Lewis Hamilton. Granted, he's, he's seven times world championship. Or, yeah. But then you have Max Verstappen. Last season he won like 10 races uh, yeah something like that like, all of Daniel Ricardo's career wins would get him potentially the title but he's just got to keep doing that like day like yeah. every weekend he's got to be on the podium and like nothing against Daniel he's a great driver I he's one of my favorite drivers he's definitely in my top four but actually I only have four favorite drivers it's really the Haas <laughs> and McLaren guys so but <laughs> I, I do like Ferrari, which is weird coming from a McLaren fan. Well, it's funny that you bring that we bring up McLaren because looking at the track, if you remember what 
Lando said in his post-race interview in Saudi Arabia, he said they're not good in the long straights and the slow corners. Literally almost everything. Looking at this track, it's a lot of long straights and slow corners. Um, So I think the big thing, though, especially with McLaren, is you just, if you watch the post-race interviews for that race, Daniel was so positive. He was like, we have, we can go up. We can only go up. And Lando's like, you know, we finished in the points, but we can always go down. Like we're in the same place we were in Bahrain. Well, and I think that was more Lando being blunt about the situation because obviously, yeah, like they are not where they were last year. McLaren was in a much better spot last year than they have been starting out these first two races, especially with Daniel not finishing uh, in Saudi Arabia. So uh, looking at that, obviously you want to be positive, but you also kind of have to uh, take into account that, hey, it's probably not going to be better this weekend or the weekend after that, it's going to take a bit. So I think you got to be realistic. Right. And I think that's kind of what Lando was doing. I think he is looking, he isn't expecting anything to change. He is more going to expect that once we're to race maybe six or seven rather than race three. Um, Whereas Daniel always wants to be positive because that's just his personality he's just always trying to look at the positive side of things which I mean whatever helps them get through the race weekend I've before we uh close out the episode I do want to know what are your three bold predictions for this weekend I think both Haases are going to finish in the top 10 um, because I, I'm really hoping Double points that this, for Haas, yeah. Yes, like because it. if you Ambitious. look at it, right, and if you look at it, like, in Bahrain, Mick was so close to finishing in the points. If he I hadn't would say had he that close spin. Saudi. <laughs> he was he close to Saudi to, and then didn't quite get to start the race. Yeah, um, and that was just unfortunate. So it's not like Mick's done anything wrong. He's just had an unfortunate set of events these past two yeah. races. And to where I think if he, if both Haas's can finish in the points this weekend, I think Haas is going to go on to have a monumental season for their, for them. Obviously I'm not saying they're going to be third or whatever, but I'm saying they're not going to be last, which is a huge step up for them. The funny thing about Haas is Australia does seem to be like a little weird magic, like little magic place for them because they're, High, like the last time they raced there, they got sixth, but they also were on track that race to finish fourth and fifth. So yeah. quite incredible for, for Haas. They have never finished yeah. on the podium. So I'm not going to say that they're going to finish on the podium. My bold prediction is the same as yours. Both Haases are going to finish it within the points. Um, I will say, I think I'm, I'm going some of the, the back end teams, right? I'm thinking, that Nicholas Latifi actually finishes this race. That's my bold prediction that, for him. Like he's actually going to finish the race. That is a very bold prediction. <laughs> I that um, it's as bold as it gets with him. 
Yeah, that is, that is. And then, you know, uh, what, just I guess fun. that's more of a hope for Williams that Latifi actually finishes the race. <laughs> just, just for fun, we're going to say Seb finishes in the top five. Because if any man can get that oh, shitty yes. Aston Martin across the line, it's going to be him. Yes. He's back, everyone. COVID I has say, him no more. I will say I was a little upset that Nico's uh, first two races didn't go better because I I don't hate Nico. I don't like despise him as an F1 driver. I I I liked when him and Daniel were at runout together and uh, everything like that. Um, and I wish that he could have proven himself a little bit more. I think he was a little too uh, hesitant. He didn't want to mess anything up to where other F1 teams are like, yeah, no, we're never, we're never putting him back in our seats again and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of where he was coming from, but it, I think Seb can, I don't know if he'll finish in the top five, but I think he'll definitely be in the top 10. Same with Valtteri. I think Valtteri. Are those your both predictions? Yeah. I think think both Haas's are going to finish in the top 10 along with Seb and Valtteri. And I think, yeah. And I think that because if you look at the past two races, obviously, again, last race in Saudi Arabia, unfortunate that Bottas had to retire his car and didn't get to finish. He, he but was he wasn't, place, though. right. He wasn't, it wasn't like he was down in 15th or 16th when it happened. Like he was, he was fighting for a decent position. Um, and so I think he just needs another good weekend. Same with Mick. Like he, I think if he yeah. can finish in a decent position this weekend, that's, kind of gonna carry him throughout the year and he could have a really decent season which I would love for him because of how everything played out with him at Mercedes I will say I as much as I love the top four teams the current top four teams I'm looking at the guys in the back of the pack this is their weekend to either prove that this season for them is turning around or that they've truly did mess up so bad in the engineering process and they cannot go back. Like there's no fixing their car. <laughs> like, I feel like the first well, two races, you're starting to get back into it. But by the third race, you should have everything down. You should have most of the problems fixed. And now I yeah. just feel like if you cannot have one of your better results in the first three races by the third race, I just don't think you're going to have a good season. So hopefully McLaren does well, better. <laughs> well, and I don't think I also, so like, talking about the back teams, I don't think Williams designed a, a horrible car this year. Because if you look at where Alex is finishing and what Alex is doing with the car, they just have TP's one doing, good driver. It looks, it looks similar to what it looked like when it was George and Nicholas, where well, George I, is getting results with the car. I think that TP is <laughs> so, just not it. He's just not. I agree. Like he's, I, he's a funny guy. You know, he knows how to make people laugh. But let's be honest, yeah. his daddy's got some money. Daddy probably helped put him in yeah. that seat. But whereas like Alex, yeah. I love to see him back. I love him back. I love him being back. I do he too. Just, he just brings, like he was there last season, but he wasn't on the grid. He wasn't really right. presenting himself in the way that we see him now. Whereas like right. he's kind of, he's gaining confidence again, obviously last race. 
didn't quite go his way on the very last lap. He had to basically pull out of the race, which is unfortunate, yeah. but you know, things happen. It's formula one, which is, I think that's what sets formula one apart from other sports. Like you can't just get in another car and go like when you have a mechanical problem yeah. in your car, like you could have a great race, like Alonzo did. And then your yeah. car just gives out on you. Just gives out. And you know, I think that Daniel's car failing actually helps give a lot of important data to McLaren in terms of I like agree. where so sometimes I think that them not I think that's why Daniel was so positive at the end of that race. He was just kind of like, all right, we got some data. It's some good stuff. We're reading, we're yeah. reading through it. We're trying to analyze it, get it done. Well, and that also could be why Linda was not as positive because he hadn't been told about that yet. Like he didn't yeah. know uh, about everything the, that they were he able to receive. not sat down with the, the team yet to talk about it. Right, right. Although so, he should just be thankful he got six points because I really thought, I was, like Daniel, Daniel's sitting 19th. Like that I poor know. guy is above Nicholas I feel so Latifi. bad for him. And, so and he's going him. in, he's going into his home Grand Prix 19th. He, the and the only reason he's above Latifi is because Latifi didn't finish in either race. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which how do you not finish in a race? All you gotta do is I, make it like 56 laps around. But he I, can't do I it. couldn't tell you. Couldn't he tell you. He couldn't ya. do it. He couldn't do it. I don't know. And then poor George last race. He was just all by himself. Oh, who's I that? Know. It's I did. It's my reflection. I think the saddest part for me from that race was in the post-race interviews when George literally said, yeah, you know, fifth is great, but ultimately I'd love to be fighting someone and not just on my own. If, if that's how like, his season goes, I feel so bad for him. I'm going to feel so bad because if that is truly how his season's going to go, he's going to be like, I came in here to fight some people. And they all made either really good cars or really bad ones. So I'm just stuck in the middle. Right. And like that also really shows the difference between. So obviously like with Carlos still being six seconds behind Max and Charles in Saudi Arabia, Checo and Charles were close. But then after Checo, there was another like six, seven second gap to George. And then there was was another five, six second gap to whoever was in sixth. So obviously Red Bull and Ferrari have made the fastest cars uh, so far that we've seen so far. And then it's like Mercedes kind of got it right with George's car, at least can't, can't speak for Lewis's car, but then everyone else is just like completely done. I think Lewis is more disappointed in the fact that for the past seven seasons, they've won the championship. And now he's been fighting for first and second. And for now the past he's seven in years. the middle. He's got to get his elbows dirty. He's got to work a little bit harder to fight this guy from Denmark who hasn't done anything for a whole year. And then he comes back and at the end of his race has the audacity to say that his neck was sore. Like yes. nothing gets worse. Yeah, I think that was that guy. Like, I think insane. my favorite thing is the fact that one, not only was it a Haas that beat Lewis, but Kevin wasn't even at his best, like, physical peak performance. Imagine if he was, though. 
That man. That's what I'm saying. Just ended up. He'd be like, Charles, move aside. That's mine. That podium yes. is mine. If if yes, K Mag, think- if K Mag gets a podium this season, I will literally buy a one way ticket to Denmark or wherever the hell he lives, <laughs> and I will go knock on his door and I will thank him. I will thank him for I his literally- service to the world. Yeah, it's honestly insane because obviously he he even said like his body just wasn't at his body wasn't really performance ready to be back with all that g-force um but looking at how well he did in his first race when he clearly didn't feel like his body was ready he did amazing and then then to be sore and still do amazing p5 10 points to haas you know 10 points to haas haas sat in third third place yeah i I, honestly i thought i had died i was like is this a dream i was like there's no way when that happened i literally because i was so i guess i didn't necessarily realize the gravity of like the top four cars were both from two teams uh, which means haas being the third highest scoring team like it didn't sit it didn't really like some of the, some um, of the lower teams actually had two both their drivers score points too. So for right. Mick not even to score, and then and then Matt, for them to still be in third, I was like, this man. They woke up. A, they like got rid of a beast, and then they thought, oh, well, we'll, I we'll think... bring him back. And it like he had that year off, and he was like, wow, I was. I think he needed that year off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think he needed that year off because obviously he had been with Haas for what, like five years and he had kind of gotten, he had kind of gotten this bad boy reputation of like, oh, he's really more in it for himself, not really in it for the team and stuff like that. But now to look at it, he's just so thankful and grateful that they even reached out to him. Yeah. It was a couple days before he needed to be in Bahrain for testing but I think the f- that the, the pairing fact- that they have right now it's yes. very they're, they're very focused they're like look we aren't winning races we, yes. we aren't getting podiums but we can finish best of the rest they're like yeah that should be their goal they can finish best of the rest they can finish fourth yeah if they really just put their head down and just grind it out work super hard like obviously like they cannot afford too many crashes like Mick had in Saudi because that crash that was, was over a million dollars. It was a million dollars and they can't afford that because even with the money that uh, Mazepin so um, unwillingly gave Haas, <laughs> um, they, they can't afford to do all that, especially with the new uh, cost cap, which I think is stupid. Right, because one, however, half the time you're in a crash and it's not even your fault because it's Nicholas Latifi right. who decided to just cut the corner and just slide right into you like a spear. Yep. So I feel like William, if Nicholas Latifi does that, it should be Williams who pays the damage, unless it's obviously against another Williams. Right. Then, if like if it's two well, cars of the same team or you're you did it to your own car, I feel like the team should then pay. But if it's another team who did that and is like the FIA says, no, that person caused the crash. Have that team pay for the damages of both teams. Yeah. 
Like yeah, that's I agree. the FIA um, should call me up and say, we will gladly allow you and a couple other super big yeah. Formula One fans to make new rules. Cause like, I feel like that would definitely. Yeah. Well, and I also, I also think so as sad as it was for Mick to not race in Saudi Arabia, I think it was probably a smart decision on Haas. Because uh, obviously like Mick was in the paddock all day Sunday, like he was on social yeah. media saying he was fine and stuff like that. But I think we don't that, like, actually Haas's know how way... fine he was though. Like he, but, they but I also like, think... yeah, he shouldn't be in the race tomorrow. So they're like, oh, but we don't have the car. It, it could Get have also car. been, it could have also been Haas's way of trying to save money and say, hey, that's true. Had a crash. We're just going to let you rest so you can focus on Australia. You can focus on Australia. Kevin also isn't really feeling the best, so we're not really expecting much from this race, and we can pick up ourselves back up in Australia. Gunter would have fucked the whole paddock to get two points last year, and I honestly believe that man. I believe him. I I believe him. I want to know what he – I want to know what he did – I want to know what the te- the other team principals thought. I want to know that? if I meet Toto Wolf when I go down to the U.S. Grand Prix. I'm going to say earlier this season, Gunter said that he would have fucked the whole paddock. How do you feel about that? And he'd probably be like, "I think it's hilarious," but oh, you know, yeah. we yeah. all know that Toto would have been like, "Yeah, we can't allow you to get two points because we're in the front." <laughs> but yeah. you know, he totally. I Gunter would have done it. Gunter yeah. totally would have done it. If it guaranteed them two points, he would have done it. I guarantee. He, he, you know, he would have been on that radio to Michael right away saying, Michael, we need those two points. Michael, we need those two points. Remember, two what, points. remember what we did last night, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> that, I, that's so Gunter. It's so Gunter. It's that really is. Well, it, so you also brought up how uh, obviously like having fans bring in rules and stuff like that. The FIA... Well, not really the FIA. Is a bunch of idiots. That too. The new race director, the one that's I, been the past two races, can't remember his name. I can't remember <laughs> his name either. We're, we're uh, kind of new to the sport, so we haven't quite <laughs> learned everyone, but there's like 50 people in the FIA that are, they yeah. all got different things. So it's like, okay, we've got to yeah. slowly learn. Yeah. But I did see something that he is he put out something that they're going to be enforcing the jewelry rule mm. more stricter to where um racers could be like the race drivers could be checked to well, make sure they don't honest. have jewelry let's be honest like lewis hamilton he he's got style okay he's walking in right. he's walking in but he also who knows how many jewel like how much jewelry he's got on when he walks in the paddock like you don't but also want, looking at you don't want that like especially the, in monza but looking at some of his pictures for like when he's in his race suit like about like getting ready to get in the car it's not like he has a ton of chains on and a ton of rings and a ton of yeah. jewelry he has his nose pierced he has his ears pierced and then uh, that's pretty much it uh, honestly though but, you do have to consider like what if Monza could have been a lot worse for him last year. Like yeah. it could have been a lot worse. And I mean, I'm not saying that like having like your earrings in or like a nose piercing in is like going to really make a big difference to your injuries. Cause like a car would have just landed on top of him, but like, you never know. 
like you could be in a situation where it actually does matter a lot more. Like you don't want that. And I think that, well, there's, so I've been seeing some things um, where people are starting to think that the reason that Mercedes has the bright outline of their letters this year is because there's a rule in the FIA that says that the letters have to be visibly marked. And then the literally, did you see the next the race next for race Rory? Rory did it? Yes. I was like, yes. what? So I can't remember who it was. It Shout was someone on Jay Bone on TikTok. Yes. And he, the, the Formula Bone or the Formula he, Bone podcast for that he one. He put it out as just like a theory. He was like, this is my opinion, my, my it's take It's so on true it. though. And I would like, not be surprised if another team did it. I wouldn't be there. But he, his, like, he made a TikTok a little, like, obviously after Ferrari changed this, he goes, I don't want to say that, like, I'm important or anything. There's a uh, Ferrari did it because of me, but there's a uh, a photographer in Formula One. His name is Kim Elman, and he actually said that the hardest picture, like the hardest thing to read, especially on fast cars that are already moving so fast, is black on red. So then he said that he noticed a big difference between Bahrain pictures and then Saudi pictures is that. Ferrari actually did outline numbers, which when you're trying not to get in trouble by the FIA, because I think Mercedes was definitely going to do that. Oh, 100%. Like, because they're, they they're petty. Done it. They are petty. They would have picked season. on Ferrari too. They would have well, picked on Ferrari it, because Ferrari came well, out. They're, they're, they're going to pick podiums. They're going to be picking on Red Bull. I think that was like their main objective. And then they didn't realize they underdeveloped their car and that Ferrari really developed their car like to a T. Like Ferrari understood the assignment. Like they oh, they understood 100%. it. Like uh well, Matthew I think- is like over there speaking only Italian, even though he knows English. Like, sir, some of us Americans are a little stupid and we only know English. <laughs> like, can you not? Hey now, hey now. I know Spanish. Well, okay. I'm trying to learn I don't Italian. Just know okay. English. <laughs> I try to learn Italian, and I'm shout out to the Italians out there because there are some words where I'm like, "Oh, it means this, right?" And they're like, "Absolutely not." And I'm like, "Are you kidding yeah. me?" Shout out to anyone who can speak more than one language because it's hard. I think Ferrari is one of my. Well, besides aside from Haas, Ferrari is probably my favorite team. More so because, so obviously Charles has finished higher than Carlos both races this season, but Carlos hasn't even won a race period in his career. I can't wait for that to happen. And Ferrari also doesn't name a number one driver versus a number two driver, you know, whereas like at Red Bull, Max is the number one driver. Marco, who would have known? Who would have known the way that they act? Marco may have. Marco may have made the statement saying that, you know, both drivers are in a spot to, if they are able to win the race, they're going to go for it. We're not going to choose a one and two right now, but that, that doesn't mean they're not going to choose a one and two later on when it's still Max fighting Charles. Their their number one driver is Max Verstappen because he's got more uh, championships than Checo. So poor Checo is going to be number two, no matter what. And as long as Checo follows team orders, there is no doubt if he performs, if he performs and he is a good little robot that does everything they tell him to do, then he's, he's going to stay. 
which yeah feel bad for pierre but pierre deserves better after everything that happened i agree Although so did alex alex deserved better they both do red bull yeah. I, like no hate to red bull but a little hate here because they However, you need to you need to get your shit together red bull sorry for did, the language this is not a well, child friendly podcast well you say that but did you know there are seven drivers on the grid that came for the red bull academy Red Bull Drivers Academy, Junior Drivers Academy. I'm gonna try and name all of them. I I I just saw a TikTok on this earlier, so, so I know you've all got, seven. So you got Max Verstappen, obviously. You've got Pierre. You've got Alex. You've got yep. Yuki Sonoda. Yep. You've got Carlos Sainz. Yep. You've got Daniel. Yep. Okay, shit. Um, I'm this a four-time one. world champion. Sebastian Vettel. I cannot yep. believe I forgot Seb. Oh my God. I'm a horrible person. Don't come at me. Everyone's a the Seb one, fan. Even if you aren't a Seb fan, you're secretly a Seb fan. Yeah. The one that I didn't know was Carlos. Oh, so Carlos, I actually know this about Carlos. So Carlos started off at Toro Rosso, which in Italian Jesus. literally translates to Red to Bull. Red Bull. <laughs> I thought that that was the most clever yet most stupid way of hiding it I was like oh my god Alpha Tower is better I like that name better because I don't understand what it means but um no so Carlos started off at Toro Rosso literally left halfway through his second season oh to to go to Renault Renault he went there I think it was like he was there for maybe a year and a half a year and a half or like two and a half years and then he ended up going to mclaren for two years now he's at red bull or red bull now he's at ferrari he's on the red team everyone he's on the red team <laughs> the red car so he goes to ferrari now he's at ferrari for two years although not gonna lie ferrari and red bull or there's a lot of difference in how they treat their drivers so he he Correct. deserves it he deserves it's to be funny. at a team that cares it's funny that you mention Carlos's whole backstory of F1 because I also saw a TikTok that said Carlos can predict the future. So he yeah. left Toro Rosso to Renault, who, which at the time looked like a bad move because Renault was doing worse than Toro Rosso. But his, the year he went, Renault finished one place above Toro Rosso in yeah. a Constructors' Cup. Same thing from his move to Renault to McLaren. McLaren was below Renault before, but then literally the year he went, they finished a place above Renault and then finished. Let's be honest third. though, when, when he was in, when he was at McLaren, like the a key reason to their success was Carlos. It was yeah. Carlos. Like everyone needs to stop hating on this man because he is actually a really talented driver. He's a good driver. Everyone's just like, Oh, he's a floater. Carlos isn't that good. It really, that's why, that's why Ferrari contacted him. He did not choose. Like he chose to leave McLaren. McLaren did not drop him. I think if it was any other team that had contacted him, because obviously his contract was up at the end of the year so he was talking to teams and he was obviously talking to McLaren to renew his contract but I think if it had been any other team besides Ferrari that was like yeah we want you blah 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 I think he would have stayed with McLaren but it's Ferrari what F1 driver doesn't want to race for Ferrari yes you don't contact (laughs) Ferrari Ferrari contacts you yes 
like so it's but it's, although we all thought that charles was like kind of down in the dumps like no more after last season like and then he's actually kind of he's doing kind of decent so we can't really hate, I which i think he's gonna win this weekend so like no hate to anyone else who thinks that anyone else could win but like i think charles is yeah. gonna win although i think max Verstappen's gonna get pole and however, out of the past eight the pole sitter has only won once however so. i think this could be a race for Carlos because uh, watching um, Drive to Survive and just like going back through and watching like the YouTube videos that like McLaren and Ferrari in the post, Carlos is a really, he is really good at braking and knowing when to brake, not braking too early, not braking too late. He's a smooth operator. That's how he, he is. is. He's a smooth he operator. Is. And know? so with the slow quarters, I think that could be very beneficial for Carlos. But you got to watch out for the overtake king that is Sebastian Vettel. Though. That's true. So if, however, if Seb, if Seb starts coming up in Carlos's rear view, rear view mirror, I mean, get the fuck out of it. Actually, they don't have rear view mirrors. Seb's in an Aston Martin. I'm uh, not as good as Seb is. I Inspector don't. Inspector Seb is, is legit. That's so, honestly but, my favorite thing. I, the um, radio from Seb the week after Max got fined. I'm going to touch the front sitting, he goes, Maybe it's only goes, 25 grand. Yes, it came up. He was like, at first he goes, I'm going to touch the back wing. And then his uh, radio don't engineer you says, dare. Don't. and then Seb goes, maybe I'll touch the front. Maybe it'll be 25 instead. And I was like, Honestly, oh my gosh. I get it. You don't want them touching the cars. I understand that. Yeah. But let's be real. 25 grand? 25 grand well, no. to touch the front Max wing. Is, 50 grand to touch the back wing? I don't know. I think it's 50 grand really? if you touch anything. I think well, Seb you was know just what? joking. Uh, well, no, was like, Seb he- definitely was joking. But like, I, if I went up and touched and- one of those cars... And like, it's the actual driver that has to pay it. It's not like I, I know. Red Bull didn't pay it for Max. Max had to pay the 50 grand. You, well, you know I what? Wish then they I gave had him 50, 50 grand. Million. Then, then they gave him a $50 million contract at the end of the season. So you know what? Him <laughs> and Lewis Hamilton are making the exact same. So everyone can stop. Rightfully so. Everyone can stop I, complaining. I love the Dutch driver as much as anyone. I love Lewis Hamilton as much as anyone. I'm not either of, I'm not a fan of either. So yeah, I didn't care I, who won. But I wanted I, Max to win. I think I wanted Max to win to be able to be like, have his season feel worth it. We just All lost half of our listeners because of that. We just lost half of our listeners because you just said that you are a Max fan and you wanted Max to win. I'm not, no. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely not a Max fan because... Uh, even listening to uh, like some of his radio um, Honestly, conversations season, from Saudi Arabia, yes, season, I, he's a bit of a, bit I, of a whiner. Yeah, so I 100 percent understand when thing. when the whole like lights on the back of Charles's Ferrari. That I 100 percent understand that. That is obviously something that you need to you need to have those lights working so the car behind you knows when you're braking. Yeah, they honestly, have to be able to know. Whereas like. When he drove over the, when he supposedly drove over the pit lane wall, uh, pit lane like line. Okay. 
it's first time yeah i get it understandable that can be confusing well you gotta remember you gotta remember that so they've got the super license so basically it basically says that they can drive these formula one cars and you have penalty points that can go on those licenses. If you have, I believe it's like 10 or 12. 12. If, it's 12. If you have 12, I saw a video you will on this. get suspended from a race. Like, and some of the drivers yeah. get like they are they are just loaded up with points right now. Like Lando Norris, um, I think he has like six. I think he has like Daniel four. has the most right now with eight. Daniel, Danny Rick, y- damn it. Yuki, damn it, Yuki has Yuki has the least with two. Do you know who the F1 driver that has had the most points ever awarded to him is like throughout his entire F1 career. I'm going to go on. I'm going to throw you a curveball. I'm going to throw you a curveball and say uh, Pastor McDonald. Roman Grosjean. Oh my God. I should have. I should have known. I, the only reason I was like, oh, it must be Pastor is because he always, he was like infamous for crashing. I will say he would just turn and crash. I will say the video that I was watching when I found out, I thought it was going to be Kevin. Because I, uh, I'm just like I'm his bad boy reputation. I'm shocked it's not a current one. I feel like if Roman hadn't ended with such a big crash, he still would have tried to be an F1, but he didn't really try to be an F1. So no, theoretically, he's, he's still he's got a bad. He's um, had more success in IndyCar than he ever did in Formula One. Sometimes I know you want to be on top. You want to be in the pinnacle of motorsport. Sometimes just, just knock yourself off a peg. Okay. Like Carlos Sainz is Carlos Sainz Jr. But Carlos Sainz Sr. used to be a Formula One driver. Carlos Sainz Sr. Literally, I don't even know how old he is. He's got to be like 50 or 60. He's got to be he, somewhere around He does there. like the rally car he racing, did, right? He does the E-Extreme. And I'm thinking to myself, God damn, this old man's going to give himself a heart attack. And then I remember that he's related, you know, that he's the father of the legendary Carlos Sainz, who's going to be a lot better than people think he is. Truth be told, I really want him to, first of all, two podiums this year. If they finish with more than four podiums, like he's pretty much outdone himself from last year, which there's plenty of races to go. And the way that the Ferrari's built, I think he can easily get a couple more. But I, uh, I, I really want him to get his first, uh, first maybe win. Maybe first, I will say first win. Maybe first two wins. I, I think this. I think this is definitely the year that it's going to happen for him. Um, I think it's a year of red. You know, I, think I agree. It's a year of Ferrari, and I love to see it. They've clearly made a decent car. Um, and Ferrari has the technology to keep up with the whole building process and changing it throughout the season and everything. Um, well, and you know me. Even- I, I, love, I love the history aspect of everything. And like when I'm watching hockey, I want certain teams to win. I'm kind of the same. I transfer that energy to Formula One. I would rather have Ferrari win because Ferrari's been here since the beginning. Like Ferrari right. deserves to win. They are the grandfather well- of of motorsport well and you also have to take into account that like with all the changes this year from like the FIA and all the new changes and everything obviously we've seen cars are following a lot closer um so there's a lot more action which is amazing I love it um but you also kind of have to change you have to adapt your drive style now a little bit 
And I think clearly Charles is just Charles, really good at he, just adapting. He did it. And he's just yeah. used to fighting. And, and I think you know, Carlos, as long Carlos as he doesn't have an it. incident, as long as he doesn't have that incident with Max, I think they'll be fine. Their friendship will be okay. I agree. I honestly, I don't think, so obviously the whole Lewis-Max rivalry, like throughout the it was stupid. It was huge. It was, it was stupid. It was huge, it, it was huge but it was stupid. But it's also, it was so petty. And it's like, all right. But, right. Grown but it's also now Max has already won a championship. Him and Carlos have known, have been racing against each other since they were like freaking 10 years old. And so they know each other. They, they know what each other's going to throw at them. So it is fun. It is racing for them. Where as I, I, think, I think it's Max and Lewis. At the I end think of the day, was, they are friends. I think it was fighting for Max and Lewis last year, whereas it's well, racing. You have, to, you have to consider they are, I don't want to say generation because like it makes it seem like it's, it's just a different generation. Like it I don't want to use that word, but I, it is, it's a different it, generation of yeah. Formula One drivers coming into a completely different era of Formula One racing. So you've got, yeah. you know, Lewis Hamilton, who, although he is only 37, you've got this how old is max like 24 25 yeah i think like, he you've got this younger guy like at least 10 years younger than you and although it's it's only a couple of years like it makes a huge impact like all over half the grid is like really young guys who are in their what? early mid 20s and then you have how these handful of guys who are kind of older they're their young 30s or or they're pushing 40 unless Alonzo and is actually 40 well and I think if you look at how aggressive the younger drivers are like it's not just Max that's aggressive Charles is becoming aggressive Lando is a very aggressive I, driver I think Pierre that, is aggressive I think that Formula One's always been aggressive but I think that Lewis is kind of out of touch with it because he didn't well, I, like, let's be honest. The Mercedes was like 30 seconds above the other cars. most yeah. of the time it was like 30 seconds and 30 seconds. You can have a whole pit stop. So it's yeah, kind of I like, think, I think a lot of it too is where with Lewis be having won the world championship for seven times when you, when people see Lewis in their rearview mirror, they kind of let him go. Yeah. And well, uh, even, even those younger drivers who are aggressive, when they see a seven-time or even four-time world champion in their rearview mirror fighting against them, yeah, they're aggressive. But if the driver they're going up against is also a little bit aggressive, they're more likely to back down. Whereas yeah. Max didn't with Lewis. What's, what's and I think be that threw him off. What's going to be interesting is to see how the four D eight DRS zones impact this race. Now, so excited with the amount of corners around Albert Park, with the return to all to Australia, with Melbourne being the backdrop. I cannot wait. You had the guys there. uh, I know Alex was in Thailand. Lewis Hamilton was jumping out of an airplane, skydiving, and then Mick Schumacher was just kind of chilling at the Australia at the zoo, zoo with, with Robert Irwin, like two guys who kind of have similar stories 
um, in a way. And if you don't understand that, you need to educate yourself. Okay. Um, wow, Kaylee. Wow. <laughs> like, makes you can't really have those in-depth conversations with his dad. Neither can Robert Irwin. Two completely different situations happened to both of them, but similar life yeah. stories. Um, yeah. Both trying to live up to, to what their dad did. But um, it's going to be interesting. I definitely think that we could have, we're definitely having a Ferrari on the podium, 100%. But it's going to be interesting. Um, you can follow our lovely podcast on Spotify. Or you can go to Twitter at F1 off the grid, or you can go to our lovely brand new TikTok account at F1 off the grid. Yeah, that's, that's where you can find us. TikTok. I said it for all you people who are thinking, oh no, not another one. (laughs) Well, you can find us there. Um, You can drop a comment uh, in TikTok or you can email us at F1 off the grid racing at gmail.com i think that's the email address i think it is i believe it is is. okay correct (laughs) so we've got quite the uh the material to for you to access we've got it on different platforms you can contact us and drop a question if you really wanted um or give us something to talk about i don't know you want to talk to you, you want specific merch? We can drop some merch for you because Lord knows that the teams ain't doing it. Okay. If you, you want to big topics you want us to talk about, just we let can us cover know. it. We can cover yes. it. All right, everyone. We will, we will come back after the Australian Grand Prix and find out just who wins. Hopefully it's the driver you want. If it's, if your driver does horrible, I'm sorry. I'm not there. To, to yell at the TV for you. I'm not there in person either to yell at the drivers or the teams to, to stop because I do that. Yes, I yell at the TV. It's, I do it in all the sports. It's a, okay? it's a bad habit. It's a bad habit. We need to break it. But we'll join us next week and uh, we'll have the results of the Australian Grand Prix. <laughs>